All right, Lauren, we just wrapped the show. Our guest of honor, Councilman Jim Kreider, still enjoying his donut. So you can say hi or you can finish that. It's up to you. Through the donut. Hello, everybody. Jim Kreider here. Nice to have you listening. And that is, you chose there, that's the uh, chocolate uh, cake donut. Actually, it's a cake donut with a chocolate glaze on top. Lauren, this was a fun show. I'm going to let you finish that, then we'll get back to you. Okay. Good show today. Actually, yes, it was. Yeah, a lot of fun. Really enjoyed. uh, I'm not going to give anything away, but really enjoyed today's show. Fun to get to meet this fella here who pretty much all of Napa knows in some way or another through his uh, public service, through his legendary uh, racing team. You can just go ahead and swallow. No hurry. We're fine. We can cover this. And I'm glad you're enjoying the donut, though. That's... uh, one of our favorite local buttercream. Uh, uh, breakfast, a buttercream breakfast can't be beat. <laughs> Say that three times fast with no nut in your mouth. Um, Lauren, before we get to the show, what do you think? We invite you to join Judd at his family's winery on the south end of Silverado Trail. Judd's Hill Winery, located at 2332 Silverado Trail, here in Napa Valley, California, USA. Visiting information is at juddshill.com or by calling 707-255-2332. Thanks, Lauren. We absolutely love to have people come by. Again, whether you are a visitor to Napa Valley from somewhere else or a local, uh, we guarantee we'll show you a good time and enjoy doing so. While you are online getting the visiting information, check out some of our quirky videos. You can see the events that are coming up, uh, all kinds of fun things going on. And, you know, you can put some wine in your shopping card. And, Lauren, let's, let's give them a little deal for being a listener. Just for being an avid listener, type in coupon code JNVS, all in lowercase letters, please, and you'll get 15% off your entire wine order. And if that's not enough, you can join the Judd's Hill Wine Club anytime, day or night. Indeed, please do. It's a great way to try all of our wines, to get invited to some fun events. And not only here in Napa, I actually get out into the world. And if you're a club member somewhere else, I may just come see you and do something fun in your town. I'm thinking now would be a great time to go back to our guest. And I know he's not running for re-election. He's contemplating what he's going to do in his free time. But is there anything you want to plug on the web or any message you would like to give to uh, the fine residents of Napa before this show begins? Well, if you've got any uh, automotive needs, go to all of the different people that sponsor us, B&G Tires, uh, AJ's, uh, Auto Works, uh, Napa Valley Muffler. Uh, God, I'm going to leave somebody out here. Oh, TEM uh, Machine Shop. Just, uh, you know, support your local Napa businesses. That's what really counts a lot. Yeah, it sure does. And if they're good enough for Kreider Racing, they're good enough for you. Let's do the show, shall we? And now, enjoy the show. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Every episode, a veritable cornucopia of Finkel fun. Get ready for another heap of fascinating things to know. From witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show. No stale script and no rehearsing. Live from a Napa studio. You may be that intriguing person on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Pardon me, I'll have a Chardonnay A marvelous date, it's hard to say I know we never talk about the Sauvignon Blanc It's a must-have on the podcast It's Judd's Napa Valley Show You can't ease this flow if I elaborate Over a Cabernet, my buddy's the truth You should study my man Juddy and learn something new
Deep Summer is when laziness finds respectability. And now, live from the 1440 KVON studios at Broadcast Park in the beautiful Napa Valley, it's Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Lauren Mole, and here's your host, Judd Finkelstein. Good morning, Mr. Lauren Mole. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine, Judd. Top of the day. Top of the day. Are you feeling lazy? Is that what that quote was all about? Are you, are you trying to, uh, to bring a little, um, what's the right word? Trying to promote laziness? Are you feeling like you want to make that your official stance? Like it's okay now to be lazy? Actually, no. Okay. There you go. No. Thank you. I'm feeling lazy. That's why I have lots of people in the studio today, so I don't have to do most of the talking. But before we get to them, a few little things. Tell me what you're doing. Uh, well, uh, me and the and the rest of the gang from Everybody is a Star, uh, we were so honored to be singing the Star Spangled Banner uh, recently at the uh, at the 22nd Annual Sonoma City uh, Party. Ooh, wow. How'd that go? It went wonderful. I didn't hear about this one in advance. Or maybe a while back you might have said this is coming Probably. up. Probably. But, but not last week. Okay, and it went well? It, it went well. We had such a wonderful time. Great. And, Great. S- and speaking of the Star Spangled Banner, yeah. Everybody's a Star will be performing it this coming September 8th yes. at the A's game. Oh. Your 1989 World Series champions taking on the <laughs> Texas Rangers. Fantastic. That's September 8th. So late season. Uh, do the A's even have a chance? Will they be in uh, any contention? I know things aren't looking so good right now, but maybe by then, maybe... Knowing that Lauren Mole is coming is going to inspire them, motivate them. It's going to be the catalyst for athletics greatness. We could see a little bit of a surprise. I'll look forward to that. September 8th. Okay, I'm putting that on my calendar. I haven't been to an A's game yet this season. That'll be fun. Uh, Very cool. Very cool, sir. I got a few things coming up I want to talk about quickly and then get to what we're up to. The Judd's Hill Harvest Party that I've been speaking about coming up on Sunday the 12th of August, is sold out. So the only way to get in at this point, that's for people to get tickets. We are sold out stage, unless you are a club member. So as we talk about often, there's no better wine club in Napa Valley to join than the Judd's Hill Wine Club. Isn't that right? Actually, it is. That is. Okay. So you can find that information at juddshill.com. Another chance to join um, up for some fun with Judd's Hill and our wine coming up next month on September 12th a month to the day from the harvest party. I've got this thing for old kind of what would we call them time capsule restaurants where you walk into the dining room and you feel like you've been transported to another time, another place. I love these types of joints. Some are fancy. Some are just that joints. Whenever I travel, I try to find out what are the historical spots. So I am starting a series of wine dinners in some of these restaurants. Ah. The first one is coming up right here in the Bay area at Casa Orinda. And if you haven't been there, it has been there since 1932. And in the 86 years that this has been around, this is going to be their very first wine dinner. I'm really honored. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. It's kind of an old Western theme. It's dimly lit. There's, you know, paintings of cowboys, uh, antique gun collection on the wall, if you like like that that. kind of thing. Cocktails, uh, good pours of wine. Solid uh, fried chicken dinners, prime rib, all kinds of good stuff. So, if you would like to find out information about that, it's at judshill.com on our events page. And then I'll give some reservation information as it gets a little closer once we have the menu and the exact cost of that. But save the date, September 12th. 
And then, of course, we must mention Kindness Day coming up. The second annual Napa Valley Kindness Day is coming up Saturday, August 18th, 9.30 a.m. We ask people to meet in front of the Yauntville Community Center on Washington Street. Bring your signs of kindness. Just like last year, you can... You can make your own. You can, you can, it could be anything. Just get some poster board and write, be kind on it. Uh, it, Whatever to you strikes a chord in your heart of what kindness means, display that. All we ask is there be no political messaging, no religious messaging, and no advertising. But other than that, kindness rules. So at 9.30 a.m. we'll gather there. About 10.15 we'll begin the walk through Yauntville, uh, showcasing our signs of kindness And we will walk up to the Napa Valley Museum, where there will be a kindness festival, which will include uh, music and treats and activities and art projects and speakers all focusing on kindness. It's going to be great. And I just uh, hope everybody will show up. For more information, there's a Facebook page called Be Kind Napa or BeKindNapa.com. The Facebook page is definitely much more dynamic as things happen. That's what's going on. Lauren, would you introduce our guest, please? Uh, this this one. Uh, oh, oh, sure. This one sitting here. And then we're going to introduce this guy. this guy. And then we're going to talk to this guy over here. And then this guy over there might get in on the action. And then uh, what's his name over there? This room is crowded. It is. This is a little nuts. I haven't seen this uh, much crowd since our 100th anniversary. It wasn't really the anniversary, was it? 100th episode Bonanza 100th of Entertainment. Episode. Thank you. Okay, Lauren Mole, take it away. Our guest is a real Napa insider and a legendary race car rider. He's once again a council member, at least he will be until November, the one and only Mr. Jim Kreider. Jim Kreider. Hey, how, how are you? you doing? Welcome. There it you. is, the handshake from Lauren. Handshake. You Jim Kreider, it's good to see you. Uh, so many stories of your history in Napa, being on the city council, involving your involvement in the world of race car driving, on and on. But first, before we even get to that, we are going to introduce who's sitting next to you because we're going to take just a few minutes to talk, all of us, you're included in this, of course, about this fella who happens to be the morning host here at KVO and Mr. Barry Martin, who just ended his show and now is sitting down on my show. So thank you very much, Barry Martin. You're certainly welcome and good morning. Good morning. And uh, we want to talk to you. Uh, Jim and I ended up sitting next to each other this past Friday night at the world premiere Mm -hmm of your new play. When I say your, I mean, it's your new play. You wrote it, you're in it, you directed it. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit. It's called The Tasting Room, and it it, it hit pretty close to home for someone (laughs) like me. Can't tell you how many questions I got in the lobby afterwards, people asking me, is that really how it is? Did you recognize anybody? I've been waiting for somebody to uh, kind of slap me down, you know, and say that was mean or that it was went too far. So hopefully I walked the line between poking fun and... uh, you know, and making a few little points there about some things we might be, um, you know, over the line on, you know, like excessiveness that, that's oh. developed, you know. Was I supposed to glean something from viewing this? <laughs> Everything's educational <laughs> if you try. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand, of course. You know what I mean. Yeah, well, you know, again, Jim and I were sitting right next to each other, just ended up that way, and we kept turning to each other and saying, this is fun, you know, this yeah. is good. The laughs were coming. Sure were. It was Thank a you. sensational night, I have yeah. to say. Thanks for being there. No, my pleasure. Um, it's it's turned out better than I had hoped as far as attendance and uh, the amount of engagement from the audience, how funny it is to people. And uh, 
since you saw the show on Friday, over the next two performances, we have made a few more adjustments, uh, a couple of punchlines that weren't working, and so we oh, wrote, right? dropped a few new lines in there. So it got funnier as the weekend went on, and another excuse to come back. And exactly, see it again. yeah. So we uh, we have four more performances. Thursday's seven o'clock show is. Uh, Selling like mad for some reason. Thursday night is the night. This week oh. uh, it's at about seventy already, and we sell out at ninety-seven. So Thursday well, might sell out, and then we have Friday night at eight, Saturday night at eight, Sunday at two to wrap it up. No, that's that's wonderful to hear. I'm glad it's getting a good response. Is that a normal thing when you debut a new show? That even though you've probably rehearsed it, you've workshopped it. But until it's in front of an audience, you don't know what's working. So the the you, tweaks keep coming. Exactly. I I, I went through three rewrites um once i had what i thought was the script as of january you know we did a staged reading in january <clears throat> i knew that act two still needed quite a bit of work but i got to the end you know i got i pushed on through and there was enough of a skeleton there to do the reading and then we got great feedback from the audience i incorporated a lot of the suggestions that came and then from there after that's the second rewrite uh, or I guess first first rewrite I guess and there the third and the fourth were just minor just tune-ups and I did more cutting than adding I think in the third and fourth mm. sometimes things you think are funny as you're typing them you know then when you hear them said it's like okay that was that didn't work <laughs> let's change right. that back off on this a little bit uh, so yeah and the, the I have to give uh, a huge amount of credit to the actors in the show all experienced pros that we've worked with a lot at Lucky Penny, including my partner Taylor Bartolucci in one of the leading roles, Danielle DeBeau as her sister. Uh, those were the two key characters. And then, and they're uh, great. Yeah. Uh, Michael Scott Wells as Sid, the kind of meek guy who just doesn't know that much about wine. And uh, Michael Ross as Elbert Fleeman, the uh, wine critic character. Um, and then the the sixth and extremely important character, Tim Setzer, in the role that I called the man or the tourist, and that's all he gets. He doesn't get a name. Uh, so the dehumanization of the tourist. But uh, his part grew as we worked the script because it was so funny. Uh, the things he was doing were so funny, so we added more of him into the show as you know, the, more than I imagined. You mean so, since we I, saw it, or no, just in the, oh, in the oh, rewriting I see, process. In the rewrite. okay. I couldn't get enough of him. Yeah. <laughs> He was just too, too perfect. Your casting was unbelievably yeah, good. We, t we were very lucky to be able to get those talented folks together to do it. And, and, and like I said, they contributed so much in the process. You know, what if I do this instead? What if I said that? Uh, I also want to give thanks to Dana Nelson Isaacs and Heather Buck, two uh, good friends who are directors. And since I was in the show, I asked them to come in and be my consultants mm. to look at it from the front, as we say, and give me some uh, notes on the staging, make sure we were making it look right. Um, but it's just been, uh, you know, you kind of, when you do something that's unknown like that, you, you wonder, you have kind of a knot in your stomach, like, uh, what if this isn't funny, you know, and <laughs> what if nobody likes it? Well, you got a lot uh, of laughs. And for somebody who grew up working in tasting rooms since I was about eight or nine years old, mm -hmm. a, a little bit put, a little bit of it did put a knot in my stomach only because I recognized many of those stressful situations yeah. that the character's find themselves in of course you've you know completely overblown it to, for exactly. dramatic and comedic effect exactly although sometimes i wish the resolutions could have been that easy but um <laughs> well, I but, leaning over to judd you know saying does this really happen and he's oh gosh you know he goes, boy this is like getting hit in the stomach a yeah. you know? couple times couple times so how did you 
have you worked, have you done tasting room work, Barry? You yeah, I've, 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 I have. How you gleaned all your experience to put into this show? Yeah, I, I, I have worked on both sides of the business, Judd. Most of my life as a consumer, I've yeah, on the consumption. And thank you for that. We all You're appreciate welcome. that in this and industry. And I've contributed a lot to the industry. Over thank there. you, <laughs> thank uh, you. Since about 2009 or 2010. Uh, I worked. I started working in a tasting room one day a week on Saturdays, a little extra income that I needed at the time, and then that's uh, there was a. I did that for several years, and then there was a period I wasn't doing it, and then I went back and worked in a different room hmm. a couple of days a week, uh, as it is currently. Um, and in between that, you know, back in the old days, we used to do a feature here called Winery of the Week. Scott Craig and I we'd go out and visit tasting rooms and you know talk with people and taste their wine, and then do a little feature on it and interviewing lots of people over the years. And a lot of people in um, acting and music work in tasting rooms and in the wine business because it's a compatible job for people who have communicate good communication skills. Maybe they like to look good, you know, and so they make good tasting room people. And so we all have stories. And once you start talking, then people say, oh, yeah, I'll tell you about something that happened to me once. And then you get, you know, and I could do a whole, you know, hundred more pages of just incidents and situations and funny things that happen the way, uh, you know, we all, when we go on vacation, we behave differently than we might in our regular <laughs> life. And so people come here and they go on vacation and they do stuff that's pretty funny and weird sometimes. I, and, you know, I've, I've been asked several times, um, you know, could you write a book about the people mm-hmm. you meet? And the answer is like, maybe a couple chapters anyway. <laughs> you know, I could get started. I got some years left to fill it out. But yeah. wow, there are some characters who come through. All right. So folks want to see this. Uh, they have, why don't you give the information? They've yeah. got a few more opportunities. Exactly. We have four more performances. The next one is Thursday night at 7. And then Friday and Saturday night, it's an 8 o'clock show. And then the the final performance is Sunday at 2. Um, there is a possibility the show may come back at some time in the future, but I wouldn't uh, you know, make a promise of that. It all depends on schedules and everything. But, so uh, if you want to get in on the fun, we highly encourage you to go to our website and get a ticket, luckypennynapa.com. And uh, the way it sold last week, it, it, it kind of caught on fire last week when the preview story hit the newspaper. Mm. And uh, all credit to the Napa Valley Register, they still sell tickets for our show. That's great. You know, when the, when and arrive early, out. right? Arrive early because there's yes, a little bit of uh, pre-show we're, comedic. We're actu- we're actually switching. We did something different on Sunday, and we moved the pre-show um, into the theater and started it at curtain time. Ah. Uh, it, f- there were several reasons why, but it worked really well, and we decided to finish out the run that way. Okay. We're going to do something a little different for the future shows in the lobby stage that's a new addition, but uh, the audience was uh, so tuned in to Tim Setzer as Bacchus during the pre-show when he was in the theater. It was a, it was a much more fun experience for everybody. And we're getting a call. Let me see what's happening here. Uh, hello, hello, caller. Are you there? Oh, Judd, hi. Good morning. It's your mom. Oh, hi, Mom. How are you? I'm fine. I wanted to congratulate Barry because I saw the show on Sunday. He just he just put his headphones on. She's saying congratulations well, to you. Well, thank you so much. It was such a hoot. And for someone who's been in the wine business for <laughs> a long, long time, it, it just gave me so many belly laughs. And the audience loved it. Congratulations you to all the actors everything was just you know well thank you so much Terrific. that means a lot coming from people in the business uh, like i was saying i was trying to walk a line there of you know poking fun but not hurting feelings and not going too far so i'm glad to get an endorsement <laughs> well, well bunny I, finkelstein gives it uh how yeah. many stars how many thumbs up 
I just hope everybody rushes to, uh, uh, to buy tickets yes. so that, that as many people as possible can see it. Please <laughs> do. Please do that. Take Bunny's advice. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, I can't talk anymore now because I'm pretty busy. Okay, <laughs> bye, Mom. Thanks for calling. Okay, so bye-bye. Bye. There you go. Mm. Bunny says, check it out. Yeah, thank you. That's In the words of a, Joe Bob Briggs, Bunny says, yeah. check it out. High-quality endorsement. All right. Well, thanks, Barry. Sure appreciate it. You're, you're welcome to hang. It looked like you were out your door uh, when I grabbed you, but... I got to go. Okay. Yeah, I, w- I would love to, but I got to go. Well, luckily, I've got another guest to talk Lucky to. Lucky for you. I know. And a good guest. Exactly. I'm looking forward to talking to this guy here. Okay. Um, <laughs> Barry, thanks so much. Okay. Our guest of honor, Mr. Jim Kreider. Let's find out a little bit about this guy. You're one of these folks that probably everybody in Napa at least knows your name. You know, you have been on the city council in the past. You are once again on the city council. Your name, your family name shows up in the paper yeah. quite often revolving around race cars and your driving team that mm-hmm. uh, bears your name. Let's find out a little bit who you are. What, like, what... What do you well, want to no, Well, I was going to say something that I caught myself. I was going to say, what drives Jim Kreider? But I thought that was too awful a pun for somebody uh, who's in the race car business. But let's, let's my, get... My let's, right foot on the gas. Right? You're right. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's the answer I deserved. Well, let's get into your background. You have been a long time... Napa resident, but I don't know. Are you a Napa native? When when did you no, come I to this community? No, I moved up here in in, uh, in the early seventies before okay. the, before the Paris tasting. Oh, so ahead I, of the curve. Yeah, so I was a little ahead of the curve. It was interesting because at the time when I told people I was moving to Napa, they said, "Well, that's where they have the insane asylum. That's what they used to call it." Yeah, yeah Napa Hospital. Well, yeah, Napa, Napa Hospital. Why do you go into that? And I said, "Well, there's more to that town than that. I love it, and I'd been here in the past, so." I wanted a place where I could raise my kids up. Where, from where? Where had you moved from? I was actually down in the San Joaquin Valley. I mm. used to be in, in retail management, and they would transfer me from store to store. And I got tired of the transfer piece and, and not being around my you know my, my first son mm. enough. So I wanted to change careers. I went and got started in, into uh, building construction. Okay. And so uh, that way I could have more time on the weekends to be with my family and that sort of thing. And, yeah. And it, it was working out beautifully till. Uh, you know, I had an accident and that put me in a wheelchair, you know, so then I had a lot of time to spend with my family. So. Yes. And that, well, and that was sometime after you had, you had been in Napa. Yeah. Because this, right. The accident we, I mean, do you want to get to that now? I mean, it's something worth talking about because I know you, it has kept you involved in some other yeah. organizations, but, uh, but do you want to, should we work our way up to that point? Wait, any, anything you want to do. Anyway, yeah. oh, so, so you're, what? You're the question and answer guy. Well, you know, you're the a, question guy. I'm it's the a conversation. Guy. It's yeah. a conversation. And I, I just, you know, maybe if we go chronologically a bit. So okay. in the San Joaquin Valley, you had found yourself in Napa on a few occasions and mm-hmm. thought this is a nice place. Yeah. Yeah. I was wanted there a good place, to, small enough town to be, you know, friendly enough and, and, mm-hmm. and a place where my kids can say, oh yeah, I grew up there. You know, because it was, and that's, that's where it is. And then, you know, moving on past that, you know, after I had my accident, the town came together to provide, you know, some help for us when we needed it the most when I was in the hospital. Okay. So let, let us do talk about that. You, but I do want to get back into how you got into racing in the first place, but oh, you was, become I'm born to it. Oh, you're born into it. Yeah. Your family was already I, into racing. Yeah. Already? Yeah. How yeah. far back does that go? Oh, let's see. I have some old eight millimeter footage of my dad turning a car upside down. Uh, oh, no, in a at a racetrack when my mom was pregnant with me. Oh so, my goodness! Yeah, and that that kind of almost ended his career. Not because he got hurt, but because my mom wouldn't stand for it. Watching right. that happen again. 
Sure, no, I I can understand. Yeah, but, uh, you know, it's just one of those family things, you know, it's always, uh, you know, a lot of people go to, you know, camp out, and we used to camp out at racetracks. Okay. So, you know, watch the whole deal. I see. And was was your um, did your dad have a team as well? Was there Kreider Racing before you, or were well, you the I founder guess you could of call the... it Kreider Racing? You know, uh, he, and in those days, back in the fifties, you yeah. know, early late forties, early fifties, mm-hmm. you you put your name on the side of the car with a you know shoe shoe polish or oh, something like that. Yeah. It wasn't big sponsorship. <laughs> no, hardly. <laughs> uh, okay, so it's always been part of who you are. So when you establish yourself in Napa. The racing came with you. Yeah, it kind of came with me, and and uh, I started racing out at Sears Point and Laguna Seca and places like that. And uh, you know, in addition to having my painting, you know, by then I converted my career into painting, and I was doing a lot of wineries, a lot of home restorations, and that sort of thing. Mm. So you know, the good part about being self-employed is you can take off anytime you want. Yeah. And, and so I took off one day. We rented the track and. And uh, that that pretty much uh, you know changed my life forever. That was the day you took yeah. off. Yeah. That was back in '82. Yeah, '82 out yeah. here at Sears Point or Sonoma right. Infinity. What do they call it now? Uh, I call it Sears Point still. Sears, yeah, yeah, it's kind of stuck in my head. And uh, you know, I don't mean to make you relive this moment, but it certainly you said it changed your life. So it's worth, I mean, talking about the direction it puts you. And you were sure you're you know, turning I mean, corner some, eleven. Yeah, turn eleven. I you know got uh, got a little out of control and went in backwards. So. Uh, the last thing that entered my head was my butt, you know. Oh, jeez. So. <laughs> That's one way to put it. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, I, I couldn't. Uh, they took me in. You know, I went to the hospital in, in Santa Clara. They did rehabilitation and surgery and that sort of stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, when I came home, I had to, you know, had to make a choice and decide how I'm going to lead the rest of my life. And just by coincidence, they were building the parking garages downtown. Mm. And one of the... Uh, people who were involved in, in uh, di- disability rights asked me to come speak to the city council. Well, I'd never even been to a city council until that point. And you were and this new was, to this. And I was new to the chair. So wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they said, well, you know, there's some issues here that we want to see them address. Can you help us speak to it? And mm-hmm. I said, well, sure. Why not? Yeah. Not that I know what I'm doing, but I'll give it a shot. And, uh, you know, it made a difference. We got elevators installed. Initially, they weren't going to put in elevators. Oh, really? There were some ramps that needed to be kind of adjusted, that sort of thing. And uh, we got it done. So it just kind of felt good to do something, you know, on on the city side. And then a few years later, I was complaining about downtown to (laughs) one of the downtown merchants. And I said, gee whiz, you guys need to really do something, you know, make this thing better. And they said, well, if you're so... In, in what sense? What, what was well, your you know, issue? I, I just somehow to, to, to make the downtown more vibrant and, okay. and, and lively. Uh, everybody was still kind of still reeling from the redevelopment of the, when they took out the old, beautiful old buildings and put in the town center and that sort of yeah. thing. So um, they said, if you think you're so smart, why don't you get on the planning commission and fix it? So I said, well, I sure will. Yeah, and uh, so uh, you know, I, I you you are you do you've, you've struck me. I don't know you very well, but I've you know kind of known you for a while. But you always struck me as a guy who's up for the challenge. So well, you know, from what I know about you, and that seemed life, like a challenge. Life presents challenges every day. You know? Yeah. So uh, I went and applied for the uh, planning commission. I got on that. I was there for ten years, and you know, my goal was to turn the downtown around. And you know, I, I, you you really think you know what's going on. You need how to fix things. Until you get there, and then finally the buck lands on your table, and it's your turn to make you know to do the things that have to be done. So I learned a lot about politics then. 
Uh, I tried to get everything done that I could do to get downtown to revitalize, but I also you know, began to find out there are a myriad of things that go on, traffic, housing, that sort of thing. And those are the things that I tried to start addressing. And at some point, I decided I, I'd like to be on the council to kind of complete the, the cycle for myself. Yeah. You know, so having been on council, I mean, I can think back to the days when uh, where, where Brewster's was. I don't know if anybody remembers. Oh, right. yeah, right there yeah. at Main and uh, right First. Main and First. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, if they wanted to rebuild that to, to put a, a building in. Well, at the time, initially... If somebody wanted to put in a Butler building, I think we'd have been thrilled to death. Just you know, anything. Yeah, yeah, just anything, just just to bring in some business. And as we have evolved, you know, architecturally we've evolved. And, and uh, you know, we, we pay attention to the what it feels like to come downtown, that sort of thing. Flood control got done. I sat on the flood control board. Once flood control got done, then there was investor interest in downtown. And boy, we just took off. Oh, yeah. it's it's kind of nutty right now. Yeah, I can only imagine what what you're dealing with on the city council. Well, it's it's amazing. You know, a lot of the things I wanted to see happen happened, and some things happened that I didn't anticipate. You know, the one thing you can always be sure of is if when you plan something, uh, it'll never turn out the way you thought. Yeah, yeah. that seems to be one of life's truths, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> um, you know, we probably should take a quick break, and then we'll come back and we'll speak. Much more about who you are and uh, what you're up to and a little of your history, future, and all that with uh, Jim Kreider. We'll be back with more of Judd's Napa Valley Show with special guest Jim Kreider right after these messages. Everyone's a Finkel friend on Judd's Napa Valley Show. You're listening to 1440 KVON, the voice of Napa Valley. Now... Back to Judd's Napa Valley Show with special guest, Jim Kreider. Now, Jim, welcome back. We answered one of the most pressing questions that we ask our guests on this show before the show even started. You do go nuts for donuts. Oh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's the first thing I saw is that pink box sitting on the desk. When I met, and I thought to myself, I haven't had breakfast yet. Man, I hope you brought the donuts for this. So folks who listen, you know, our listeners, if they're, if they're regular, they know towards the end of the show, I often ask my guests the question, do you go nuts for donuts? And we find out, man, you didn't even give me the chance. You saw that box sitting there on the, on the table in the lobby. You said, ooh, donuts. Uh, I'm kind of hungry. I'm like, well, let's get going. And Lauren, you noticed which donut he chose? The maple old-fashioned donut. I'll tell you, I'd say well into the 90th percentile of our guests choose the maple old-fashioned. Well, I love old-fashions, for starters, and I love donuts, too. When you say old-fashions, you're talking the cocktail with a little bourbon and a bitter-soaked sugar cube and a muddled orange? Yeah, you got it. That sounds pretty good to me. Lauren, could you whip up a couple of those uh, and bring them in? You know where we keep the bourbon here in the studio? All right, thanks. (laughs) And uh, Lauren, what you got there? Oh, th- this is a something that I thought of you at. Uh, uh, this could look good for you at the Wiki Wiki Grok Shop. Uh, my mom found this uh, at the uh, at the Roost downtown, which just sadly went out of business recently. I read that. Yeah, yeah it says uh, "Shake it off," and it's got little palm trees, little Hawaiian flowers, and three cute uh, hula girls. <laughs> Ooh, I like so this. I thought this would be perfect for the Grok Shop, Judd. 
Yeah, I love it. It's a note card. This is really sweet. I'm not giving this away. I'm keeping it. Oh, no. Uh, thank you. Thank Ruth. Thank you very much. Sort of this, matches your shirt. Well, yeah, it goes with yeah, the, this I do. brand new uh, vintage Aloha wear I'm wearing today. So if you shake a tree hard enough, you get three girls to fall out? <laughs> Let's, is that how it works? <laughs> okay, on your way back from bringing the bourbon in, uh, shake a couple trees and see what you can dig up, all right? Sure. All right, thanks. I appreciate that. All right, Jim, uh, you are currently a city council member. Right. And you are not running for election again. You've done that. This you you you've you've run a couple times. I've been there. I've done that. It campaigning you, is the hardest thing in the world to do. Honestly, you have to put yourself out to everybody. And what I think a lot of people don't understand is that there are eighty thousand people that live in this community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you hang around the same group of people all the time, you you're very well known within a certain circle. But right. It's amazing that that what the people when you go knocking on doors people have no idea then who the city council is who's the mayor that sort of thing and so you have to kind of explain it at the door and say this is what i want to do i'd appreciate it if you'd vote for me and then move on to the next one sometimes you get the door slammed in your face you know so quite literally i mean you did go door to door. literally oh yeah you have to go Mm -hmm. door to door And, and in my case i used to have to well, I had to take somebody along with me to get up the steps to push the doorbell. Uh, and when I couldn't find anybody to go with me, I went and got a painting stick down at the paint store that extends. Oh. And I would get as close as I could to the house and then extend the paint thing out and then bring the doorbell. Right. You know? And then somebody come to the door and say, how'd you ring the doorbell? So, ah, my stick. You know, so. say, I'm magic and you yeah, should vote right. for me because I'll, I'll make everything better. The with force the wave is of my with head. me. That's yeah, right. So. so you've already run a couple times. You are not running again and you you're not making any endorsements either no i don't think it would be fair to the candidate pool to endorse one or two candidates it's a big candidate pool this time around it's a large probably one of the best i've ever seen i think and in the the 20 years that i've been involved with the city i think this is probably the best candidate pool that uh the public is going to choose from so every one of them is going to have to go out there and really work it work it to death uh, get them get their faces known with all the people in the community, and uh, I certainly hope the best person wins. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I do too. I've I think I've met at least all the ones that I know are running. It's, it's a large pool, but I think I've met everybody. There's a lot of bright folks. Oh, very intelligent, well thought people. Well thought, well yeah. spoken. Yep. Community minded. Mm-hmm. It's a. Uh, I don't think the city's going to lose. I don't think we're in trouble, yeah. is what I'm saying. I think I think we're going to have some really good people. Uh, you know, there's two seats actually open. The one that right. mine's vacant. So, you know, I in fact, I posted something on Facebook, this space available. <laughs> you know. And so, you know. Seven, you know, down at the Silverado's ballpark where the, the new yeah. baseball team is called Your Name Here Field. Yeah. You know, just somebody, <laughs> sp- just somebody fill in. Right. I like that. That's space available. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I'll be I'll be pr- proud to hand the keys of the city over to whoever it is that wins. And uh, you know Pete Mott seats up, up for election too, so Pete's going to have to work just as hard as the rest of the candidates. He's running. Yeah. He's running again. Yeah. So um, it's going to be interesting. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens in November. Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do uh, once you're off the council? You got a little free time. Uh, take a nap. Sounds good. Yeah. I wish I could do that one of these days. Let's talk about racing. This is something I really don't know much about. Uh, I'm intrigued by it. I think cars are cool, um, and I read about you and your family. In fact, your your son just avoided a kind of a disaster oh, this yeah, past weekend yeah, down yeah. a button we had a little little fire down there. Um, a little fire. <laughs> I I read that his car 
got burnt to a crisp and he was he, able to escape before out. it. There's a great little video online that shows, you know, shows what happened in the car. Oh, really? The the, oh, yeah, I haven't seen that. When the engine. See, the thing is, is parts of the engine that are on the inside wanted to be on the outside really bad. <laughs> and they succeeded. So, and it took some oil with it and that started a fire. Oh, my goodness. So... Uh, and it's probably he's undaunted, right? Like just nah, yeah, he's fine. You know, uh, you know, I asked him if he got cooked a little bit, and he says no, not too bad. You know, so nothing, nothing got damaged on him. Oh, man. But the car is uh, almost. We got 38 days to go. We're going to go to Texas to run for the national championship. And this race was just sort of a making sure all the cars were working working as they should and that sort of thing, and and that uh, set us back quite a bit. So we're having a new, you know, TEM down here downtown is building a motor force. Yeah, Rich it, Olivier is a yeah. former guest on this show. Yeah, Great Rich, guy and an amazing race car engine yeah, builder. Yeah, well, the, he made he made some amazing engines for us, so I blame Rob for that, my son. Okay, yeah. yeah. Nothing not on blame, you, Rich. Yeah, nice job, Rich. Sorry we wrecked your work, you know. Well, I did read something I thought was interesting, and I'm sure it's a combination of not only, you know, the, the fine engine that Rich built for you, but also your son's driving. But even after the car got ruined in this fire you you still won second place well, uh, how, how does that work basically he was in the lead and uh when the engine let go and a fire started he started looking for a place to pull off and he decided i think if you read the article uh look for a, a safe landing spot okay and uh when he got over there and stopped they threw the red flag well the guy who was in second second place passed him as he was on fire and uh, they red flagged the race, and that gave us second place. Oh, that's how that works. Well, yeah. congratulations. That's uh, great. Now going for a national championship? Yeah, we we're West Coast champions for three years running. So we figured uh, let's go and, and for the big one. So we're going to go to Texas, uh, Circuit of the Americas, where they run Formula One races. And we've reserved a garage, and we're going to take three cars just in case we need that extra car. Uh, we really want to win this thing. I think we have a really good chance of taking the national championship. Wow. When does that happen? When would we be looking September out? September 14th, 15th, 16th. All right. So. so folks can go to the A's game and hear Lauren sing <laughs> and then catch flight out a few days later and watch <laughs> you. To, yeah, go to Texas and watch us, uh, you know, hopefully. Win. Clean, clean everybody's clock. Win. Yeah. Now, how does that feel? Do you ever get nervous knowing the story uh, about your father turning a car over, uh, what you've gone through, now seeing uh, your kids well, racing? You know, is, the, are you that, nervous? That sport, that sport uh, comes, you know, uh, standard equipment, you know, some risky situations. And well, so, certainly, I get yeah. that. So why do it? Um, and I'm asking that somewhat facetiously, but what is it? Yeah, you do it because you that, you, it, it's like. It's a lot, I, well, I, I always equated it a little bit. This seems kind of odd, but a, a ballet with four wheels. Okay. Right? Um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a matter of timing. Everything has to work perfectly. When you go into a corner, braking at the right moment, turning the wheel and taking mm. the f- correct line. You know, the, if you don't take the correct line, it, you, know, you can get yourself in trouble. It's it's just uh, something that it, you you just enjoy doing. So if you enjoy cars and you and your competitive spirit, yeah, um, it's it's a fun thing to do. Uh, you know, I drove my last race with hand controls. Uh, yeah, yeah, I want to hear about that. It, <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's something that's that's in you. You you and your family are compelled to do this, and you do it very well. So kudos to you. But yeah, you participated in the twenty four hour 
Well, well, of lemons. I, lemons. I mean, it's, <laughs> it looks like it should say Le Mans, but it's spelled lemons. Yeah. Uh, which I know that Rich also from TEM right. well, built he did, for he the built school. He built a car, couple of cars for the Blue Oak School. Yeah. And, and it's a great experience because it's a very team-building experience. And one of the things about racing is is that, you know, everybody always talks about the driver, you know, and what the driver did. And, but the car doesn't get there without a lot of effort on a lot of people's parts. And on top of that... It won't run for very long if you don't have other people there helping you work on it and make it go good. So Rich did this as a learning experience for the students there. Team building, uh, problem solving, uh, fabrication, you know, teaching these kids a, a lot of things about the facts of life That's that great. actually happen. You know, in, in life, you have to have a good team around you. You, know? right. you have to have a, a certain level of, of competitive urge. And uh, you have to be able to get along with other people. And, and uh, when things go wrong, figure out how to fix it and then keep moving on. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what racing's all about in a lot of ways. Oh, sure. No, there's a lot, of, a lot of great lessons can be learned there. So what was your experience getting back in the car for this 24-hour lemons race? <laughs> it and was back at the same racetrack at the same where you racetrack, did have your yeah, yeah. accident. Actually, I'd, I'd been driving a little bit off and on here and there. Yeah, um, okay. You know, and uh, when my kids wanted to start racing, it's not just Rob, but Randy, too. Randy's an excellent wheel man himself. Mm. And uh, when they were in high school, they said, well, you know, I want to, you know, my buddy's got a Mustang. I, I think I can beat it. And I said, you're not going to do it on the street, but I'll pay for it if you guys want to go out to the racetrack ah. and do it at Sears Point legally. Mm-hmm. And then there's no question. You get a timing slip. You know who's faster. Uh, I see. And so they started that, and then they decided to just keep going at it. So Rob did it for his four years in high school, then Randy did it for his four years in high school. And now I finally got my El Camino back after they were done with it. So, <laughs> yeah, and I'm trying to restore it. But uh, they were, you know, Randy was a champion. Uh, he was second place in uh, the West Coast. Wow. Uh, down in Phoenix Raceway. And uh, he also turned a car over oh, during geez. one of the limited races. So. And that was sort of my fault because I spot for them. And uh, I told him to pass somebody, and he got past him. But when he got into the corner, what I didn't, he didn't tell me on the radio was that he was having to hold it in gear with one hand and drive with one hand. Mm. When he got into the corner, he hit some dirt and turned the car upside down. So scary moment, but uh, everything turned out just fine. Now I'm curious, what does that mean to spot for somebody? I've heard this used in racing. Somebody's watching, giving advice to the driver yeah, through well, radio? Or? We use a radio. We, we put about three or four people around the track mm-hmm. in order to help uh, the driver Work, ma- manage his way through the tr- through through the field. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, because of the safety equipment you have to wear these days, you can't really turn your head too far because you have what's uh. called a Hans device. So you can turn your head just about you know, a third of the way over, and so you really can't look over your shoulder. You have to have your mirrors set so you can see who's coming, and who's not. And uh, the you know the seats and stuff that we use, they're, they're called containment seats, so it keeps your head and body in place if you do happen to have an accident. Mm. And uh, so the spotter will tell you if the, somebody's coming up from behind, if it's a safe place to pass, um, you know whether he can you know use parts of the track that you would normally use. So you know tell them it's clear. So if somebody's coming up, you, somebody's coming up from behind, you say he's two back, three back, you know. Uh, one back, and then that way they know that somebody's going to come up and challenge them. I see. Yeah, that kind of thing. So you're helping them out around so, there. So, yeah, create, you know, we're sort of like a rear view, you know, a live rear view mirror. Wow. So. A lot of us out there could use that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we could. I wish there were so many times I wish I had a spotter in my life, you know, so. 
Oh, oh yeah, yes, indeed. What do you do? What do you do for for fun? That's that maybe isn't racing or public service because it seems like you enjoy both of those very much. But when you get this free time and you wake up from your nap, <laughs> like what are you looking forward to doing? I'm not sure. You know, there's a lot of little things I'd like to take care of. I think uh, pick up another hobby. You know, of just I like miniature things. So maybe you know, um, you know, building. Who knows? Um, you know, little sets and that sort of thing, or or whatever, little you know montages. But uh, I do like working with my hands. And, yeah. And so, you know, I'm I'm sure I'll be busy doing something. Okay. Well, I'll look forward to uh, hearing what that is. Now, something you are pretty good at. I don't know, if folks. Know you are a prolific uh, reviewer on Amazon.com. What? Do you not leave? Do you not leave uh, reviews on Amazon? Just one. <laughs> well, I don't know. My researchers oh my found <laughs> a total attributed to Mr. Jim Kreider, three reviews. <laughs> oh, three whole reviews. <laughs> the most recent of which was for a, uh, a starter solenoid relay. Mm. And I quote, this is, this is your review. Defective out of box had to source locally. One star. You're a tough customer, man. <laughs> well, I needed it really bad, and, and uh, I wasn't in a place where I could get it, so I ordered it online. When it showed up, it didn't work. Well, there you go. You then know. you should warn yeah, people. That's, that's, so I went right down to my local auto auto parts dealer, you know, because well, I always shop locally if I can. Yeah, I noticed, I noticed uh, something you said in the past that uh, pretty much you just use local Napa companies also for your for your racing team oh, yeah. and all your needs, such mm-hmm. as Rich at TEM. Rich you know, at TEM. Does, does, does our motors uh aj mobile auto repair mm-hmm. you know, or performance and frame tuning is what he calls it and they do our dynamometer work and computer work because all the cars have computers in them so he can uh, put the car on a, on a machine and and run it through its gears and in the process uh change you know change the timing and fuel delivery and yeah. that sort of thing and we can make modifications so uh, we don't wind up, you know, having to drive somewhere to where's the racetrack, or we can go out and do it there. Have it all happen right here. Happens in Napa. right here in town. That's great. You know, Napa Valley Mufflers takes care of our our things there, and you know. Well, on behalf of the Napa community, thanks for keeping business. Oh yeah, BG right tires. I mean, it's you know, we we use a lot of local stuff. That's yeah. great. Well, I've already asked you about donuts, so the only thing to say now is, it's time to play everyone's favorite party game here on Judd's Napa Valley Show. This is Mad Lib. That's right. Oh, no. Councilman Jim oh, Kreider. yes. I'm it, terrible at this game. It's, that's okay. You're going to be fine. It's just the first thing that pops into your head is what we're going to go with. It's the fill-in-the-blank word game you know about Mad Libs, yep. and we're just going to get right to it. Here we go. Right. Ready or not, here we go. I need from you a geographic location. Any place you can think of, whether it's real, not real, uh, outer space, whatever. Outer space. Whatever you space. want. Well, let me see here. I got a. I was going to say thirty-eight because that's my number, and we sit at latitude thirty-eight. But that's kind of simple. Um, uh, a geographical location that I'm always fascinated with is right underneath my dog's bed. Because <laughs> you always get involved with a hairy situation there. Oh, funny. Oh, he's a comic too. Right underneath okay. <laughs> my dog's bed. Okay, I like that. Lauren, this is going to be a good one. I can already tell. He's he knows what to do. All right, a noun beginning with the letter R. Well, I'm in politics. So yeah, something's kind of 
sometimes you know it's not a very pleasant business to be in so i would have to say rattlesnake <laughs> rattlesnake i hope there's no rattlesnakes you come up against in, in politics, politics but i'm sure there are another noun starting with r uh since yeah i, I like my dog and i yeah. like his bed and i'm trying to think hold on rolf the dog from the muppet show oh rolf yeah rolf, okay yeah Rolf the dog, the piano playing dog. How about yet another noun starting with R? Well, I'm, I'm running out of nouns. <laughs> I'm running out of uh, R's. Um, well, we're repainting the car uh, you know, where the fire damage was. Uh, Rust-oleum. Rust-oleum. All right. And my friend, can you believe it? Another noun starting with R. Hmm. <laughs> You got it. Well, again, once uh, you know, when, when you're in politics, you know the, these these things kind of come up. Reprehensibility. <laughs> oh boy, reprehensibility. Got it. How about an adjective? I need a descriptor of some sort. Oh, here we go again. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I can't get my head out of the po- political game. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say that uh, I can almost see the checkered flags. So we're needing to speed up. Right. We want to win this one. Um, farty. <laughs> I'm so glad I put you on the spot. This is getting better and better. Okay. <laughs> uh, how about a noun? Um, rubber duck. Rubber duck. Okay. Started with an R, too. We're, yeah. Okay. A verb ending in I-N-G. Um, there's two words. Nude skydiving. <laughs> Something I would never want to try. That's you I you, don't think I you see. say, but we've seen the video, Lauren Mole. <laughs> we subscribe to your webcam. Okay, a plural noun, more than one thing. Okay, uh, flying pig. Lauren's giving me such a look. I'm kidding, Lauren. Okay, flying pigs. All right, uh, and finally, finally, a verb. To uh, trip up. Trip up. All right. Jim Kreider, I was looking around earlier today on the internet and I found this article written about you in Napa Valley Marketplace back in 2009. You have just rewritten it via this Mad Libs. Are you ready to hear? I'm ready. You're ready. Here it goes. Father and son compete side by side in the ultimate heads up racing challenge, drag racing with corners. That's the headline. Now, here we go. Napa City Councilman Jim Kreider took a weekend away from his civic duties and headed to right underneath his dog's bed (laughs) to to get his mind off of the city and get some much-needed R&R. But for Jim Kreider, R&R doesn't mean rattlesnakes and Rolf the dog. It means means rust-oleum and reprehensibility. (laughs) Okay, good. I'm glad you're enjoying this. Jim went down to compete in the... (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if I can get through this. Okay. Jim went down to compete in the <laughs> farty. Take your time, no, no, no. Jim went down to compete in the farty rubber duck club of America pro solo. <laughs> the pro in quotes, as it's known is the ultimate nude skydiving challenge. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> where, where two flying pigs race head to head in drag racing format. Okay, um, okay, we got time for this last paragraph. This is going to sound good for a little bit. But hold. but the biggest challenge for Jim wouldn't be the track. It would be his own son, Rob Kreider. The father and son duo were scheduled to race against each other in the first round. Jim didn't see losing the race to his son as a loss at all. Your quote. 
If he wins, then Kreider Racing wins. And that's a win for me too. Jim got a big smile on his face and said, after all, I'm the one who taught him how to... Trip up. Trip up. That's it. <laughs> Jim good. Kreider, thanks so much for joining us hey, today. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. It's been nice. We'll have to go critique some more plays together one of these days. Yeah, very much so. This is Lauren Mole speaking for Judd's Napa Valley Show, a Gil Lamar production. Judd's Napa Valley Show.